Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs. You just heard the intro there. It's about as <laughs> this is about as natural as Tottenham Hotspur in the transfer market at the moment. So uh, you can explain and then see where we're coming from. If you're listening to the show for the first time, where have you been? We're of course on iTunes, we're on Spotify, and Audio Boom, we're across a range of different audio platforms. We're of course on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs, we're on Facebook and Instagram too. And we are also live on YouTube, or for many of you, today will be welcome to Groundhog Day. We are 26 days into this January transfer window. Spurs yet to make a January signing, and we've got a very special guest joining us, along with some returning guests. First up, my top right, I've got back on the last one on Spurs, of course, one of our own uh, boy band member of Blue. The one who Anthony Costa's back in the house. And is it Rantony or Anthony tonight? How are you? I don't know yet. I don't know if I'm gonna be Rantony tonight. Um it's up to Frank. If he if Frank feeds me and I um, you know, like like some feeds came with the goals, I see if I can do a few flick-ons, do you know what I mean? But um yeah, um I might get into my little rant later on, but I I'll save that for later. Yeah, start as you mean to but go on. It's good on, to be like... see you. it's good to see you, Rick. It's good to see everyone. And you and, and you and start as you mean to go on like Spurs in the transfer market. Hopefully, at some point, we will wake up. Fingers crossed. Tonight's also back on the last one on Spurs. It feels like it's been a while. So, also pleased to be welcoming the wonderful Frankie Major back on the last one on Spurs. Frankie, how are you, mate? Well, it's, it's good to be back. I'm, I'm, I'm okay, thanks. I've, this is my first show since the Christmas special with Tom Huddleston. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. For me personally, happy new year to all of the last word on Spurs listeners. And uh, I just wish that we had a bit more to talk about tonight, Rick. We've obviously the. Um, the narrative we, we were looking for tonight um, mm. when we put this show was obviously to discuss transfers, but there's been a lack yep. of ingoings and, and outgo incomings and outgoings. And uh, it's been a bit frustrating, but we, we've just got to hope that obviously over the next sort of four to five days, three to four days, 
um, something happens and, and you know, a piece of uh, the domino, one of the dominoes falls and, and the rest sort of fall into to play and, and follow that. But um, we can only hope at the moment, mate. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, I think we're still stuck like a... Do- well, I like you said there, we're, we're stuck like a sloppy dominoes the way it's going. We might even take off the way it's uh, playing on at the moment. So um, there you go, the big build-up. We're also delighted to be welcoming back to the last word on Spurs. I say under difficult circumstances, we've got the brilliant Sky Sports journalist, Michael Bridge joins us again. Mike, how are you? Sorry for putting you through this. Right, well, first, I need to apologise to everyone. Can you hear me? Yeah. We've got you. That's right. going to be a catchphrase now, I'm afraid, for you tomorrow or whenever you're back on Sky. I've run down to reception. There, come on, you need to give me extra Wi-Fi. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been on the arse end of nowhere today, so apologies. Um, look, what I'm told about Antonio Conte is this. Very, very simple. And this is from a colleague in Italy who knows him well. Look. I'm here as a broadcaster, but as a fan as well. All right. So I am obsessed with the guy. I think he's the real deal. The Mm. best manager I've seen, what he's done to the likes of Eric Dyer, unbelievable. So this is what I've been told about Eric, uh, Eric Conte, Antonio Conte. Might be by the time we've finished. Yeah. He's fine. He's fine. What people need to remember is he left into Milan because they were, he was told they need to sell players. And he said, I've just won the league here. I have broken the mould of Serie A. Juventus dominated every year. And this is what I get. He didn't like it. He left. What's happening at Tottenham is, he was very honest a few weeks ago. He said, I've done my evaluation of the squad. This player's a trust to go forward and this player's a don't. The problem he's had is that there's many who he doesn't, he's had to play. Unfortunately, a lot of them played in the Chelsea matches. He's a little bit taken aback by how much he has to do. If you look at it, right, when he was approached, you look at Tottenham Hotspur on the outside. We all know, everyone listening, watching, know what we've However, if you said Tottenham Hotspur, best training ground in the world, one of them, best stadium in the world, one of them, Harry Kane, Hyunmin Son, Lloris, on the outside, it sounds very good. But when you get to the inside of the meat, it's not cooked enough. And he's not he's he's not convinced by a lot of the players in the squad. And 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 why would he be? So that's what it is. That's the frustration. Why is he frustrated? Because he's a winner. He's a winner. He wants to win games. But he knows the situation. He's brought about 30 coaches, fitness coaches, you name it. He wants the best for this football club. Don't worry about 18-month contracts or anything like that. There's no such thing as long-term in management anymore. He just wants the best. And I think if Spurs can back him, just back him because they've got the best manager. There's no point eating a fillet steak with a plastic fork, like I always, always say. So I don't think there's any worry about on the brink of doing this and that. He knows January's tough. The summer is the key, the absolute key. 10 in. Eight in, ten out. It doesn't happen in January. I've been on a transfer show for three weeks now. I've talked Villa, Newcastle, and then other clubs trying. Uh, the problem is at the moment, the problem is at the moment is that now there's a winter break. There isn't this rush about getting someone signed by a certain match deadline. But I'm convinced he's fine, but he's done his evaluation. And in his mind now, he's thinking... 
okay, it's a little bit worse than I thought. That's how I've been told. Before I bring in Frankie and Ant again, Mike, uh, obviously we've, we lost you for that first half hour, so I just want to quickly throw some other couple, couple of things at you. Um, you know, we've seen reports Spurs are trying to make maybe up to three signs before that window closes, the likes of a right wing back, central midfielder and a striker if possible. As things stand at the moment on the 26th of January, are those the positions that you understand Spurs are still trying to fill or has that changed? Look, I'm going to be completely honest. I was told Friday lunchtime that Triori would be sorted by now. Um, so the fact that it's not is a surprise for me and many others who have contacts at clubs. Um, what I'm trying to find out, and many others will as well, is is the Luis Diaz interest stopping the Triori deal going through? Now, one thing I have been told, there's been a lot made about moving Traore right wing back. That, to me, is not permanent, not forever. It's, it's maybe just until the end of the season. Spurs are looking at a lot of players in that position. They know there's a bit of a homegrown issue. They're looking in the championship for some right wing backs. This, Spurs have got about 18, 19 games left. Antonio Conte says to Paratici, yeah, I know you love him. I can sort him out in that right wing back role. What I'm going to do, he's going to bomb down that right. Romero is going to come back and he's going to play that right centre. But in an ideal world, he's going to play there and cover because he knows Romero can do that. And he's just going to let Triori just boom down that right. Because in these Conte positions, we've seen it with Thomas Tuchel as well, with uh, Reese James and Ben Chilwell. Unfortunately, not against Tottenham, but other teams... They've struggled because they're so reliant on these two players. Spurs at the moment haven't got those two players. So he's looking at it just for now. Triore doesn't want to be there for the rest of his career, but he's looking at it. I'm joining a massive club, one of the best managers in the world. I'll give it a go for six months. I've, I've been told that's not permanent. That's interesting. Um, let's go around to the boys quickly on this. Uh, Frank, let's come over to you. Um, obviously, we just heard from Michael there a brief update on those cut of players. Frank, have you had any reservations about Adama Traore? I mean, if that deal still gets done and now, obviously, we're still waiting to find out if it's still going to be dependent potentially on this move for, of course, Diaz. Um, are you as keen on Adama Traore as... Because, uh, I mean, at the moment, let's be honest with you, he does really divide... It's a diversity of his opinion, isn't it, really, with, with Traore? He's not everybody's cup of tea, put it like that. No, he divides opinion, particularly amongst the, the Spurs fan base and even the Wolves fan base. But he's Premier League proven... Um, there's no adaptation period. He moves, what, two hours from where he lives currently. Um, he knows the Premier League. He knows all the rigours that come with it, particularly over this period where the weather's cold. There's lots of football. Um, some players can't hack that. He can. And he's somebody that gets us up the pitch. Now, I understand there's there's a lot of questions over his end product. But earlier this season, I did see quite a bit of Wolves. And I, I went to Molyneux to, to watch our match, which we were very lucky to, to win 1-0. Um, and when with Jimenez coming back from injury, Jimenez missed about seven or eight really good chances in the first games of this season uh, that Traore, when he was starting games for Wolves, was creating. So Wolves, notoriously, they don't score a lot of goals anyway. He does put some, some decent crosses in. I think his crossing is probably underrated. Um, there, there was a video circulating this week of the assist he got against West Ham for Wolves. Yeah, wonderful where, run. With yeah. Beautiful run, great cross with the left foot. So for, for that, I mean, we haven't got a player like him at the moment, have we? I mean, the only players that can get us up the pitch are, are Son and Lucas, but in a different way. Um, it's more sort of explosive, explosive pace, nipping onto the ball and getting in behind. 
Torre can start that transition uh, to get us up the pitch from deep. Um, and I think, as, as Bridgie said, with Romero coming back, who I believe will, will be a fantastic player for Tottenham, um, fantastic signing, that could be a threat down the right-hand side. But the only thing is, I'd, I'd be happy with it, by the way, Rick. The only thing is, is does Conte want him? Because from what I'm hearing, there was a deal in place. We're now moving to Luis Diaz. Um, Luis Diaz is not going to be playing right wing back. So I'm, I'm a bit confused as to how this all fits in. But in an ideal world, I'd take both. It, I'd have I Torre think, as, as, as a right wing back and, and Diaz as a forward. I think what's I think is, this is what I think what's happening is that, you know, when you go shopping and you see a top you really like in, I don't know, top man or, and you, but you go to Zara and you're like, actually, I really like that one. I'm going to check it's my size. But you've just told someone in Top Man, just can you just hold that for me? Like, you know, yeah, medium, yeah, no problem. Just just save it for me. I'll be back in a bit. But you actually go and buy something better in Reese or something like that. That's what I think might be happening here uh, in terms of Luis Diaz, is that there's mm. been some kind of chat or, uh, you know, a, a paraticha or someone's had a call that this player might be available this January. Wow, he's elite. Liverpool like him. Why wouldn't they? Many big clubs are going to go for him maybe in the summer. We'll, we'll just hold on Traore for now because, as I say, there's no games going on at the moment. We're going to try Diaz. That's what I think might be happening at the moment. Yeah. I don't know that for certain, but I think that might be the case because Diaz was not on the radar a few mm. weeks ago. Okay, I, I know, so obviously, um, yeah. Yeah, I know, obviously, friend of the Janice, the gold said, obviously, the, the club are quite... Um, well, they're not happy how that's got out because they wanted to obviously keep that one quiet in terms of negotiations. I mean, Ant, let's come over to you again, just just to summarise on obviously Traore, Diaz, on on these players, and you know Traore, as I've said to Bridgie, uh, to Bridgie and uh, Frankie, there he he does divide opinion, but I've always said with Adama Traore, what he will provide is he brings two players onto him, and therefore that will yeah. give him the space to attract the likes of Son, for Kane. Um, would you be a fan of Traore still if he was to come to the club? Anyone? How late we're leaving at the moment? Yeah, I'd be a fan because, as Frank said, he knows the prem, um, and he, he 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 takes. He's one of them players that he get you off your seat. Do you know what I mean? It's like you know a young Aaron Lennon back in the day. Do you know what I'm saying? It would, he always got us off our feet, or a young Gareth Bale back in the day. I'm not saying anything like Traore, but it's that excitement. What what's going to happen next? And as you said. Two players will be on him. Will create so much space for Son, Kane, or even Mora, you know. Um, and it'll be exciting. Listen, if he's there, I'd, I'd support him. You know, um, it does divide opinion, but yep. doesn't football? That's what football's all about. If we all had the same opinion, it'd be boring. Absolutely. Um, right. I just want to discuss, obviously, uh, the the link that we're having at the moment with regards to um, a midfielder that let's be honest about it. Nobody's really getting blown away. Uh, Bridges will be back in a second. He's just got about a very quick phone call, such as the nature of a January window. He will be up. He will be back in a second. Um, that is uh, links to, again, a player that, again, it's divine opinion, Sofian Amrabat. Now, um, we didn't know, I don't think any of us, I mean, as a Spurs fans, I can't claim to know I even knew who this player was. Um, three or four days ago, but um, it seems to be ramping up at the moment that Spurs are very close to his signature. Um, again, if you've watched YouTube compilations or seen clippings of this guy, um, I would say, and again, please don't take me as a, uh, a scouting point because I'm definitely not one of those. I would say a cross between Benjamin Stambouli, 
and Nabil Bentaleb. Now, I really might be having an absolute... Um, I might be really killing the bloke there. So, if, again, if he comes in a Spurs shirt, I'll support him, I'll back him, I'll be behind him. He'll be one of our players. Of course I will. But if you are telling me that this is the kind of player that was earmarked at the beginning of the January transfer window, I just simply would not have believed you. Now, we will get Bridget's thoughts on him in a second. But um, before we do, let's come round to Frankie on this. Frankie... Um, just thoughts on this. Bearing in mind, for me, when I look at that midfield, you've got likes of Hoybier, um, Skip, Winks. For me, the club, they're crying out for a creative midfielder. Surely, Sofian Amrabat, isn't it? Is he? But he, do, he doesn't play that system. He's two central midfielders. It's not where the creativity comes from, unless he plays, obviously, the three-five-two. But I think he's, from, from everything I see and read in here, he wants to go back to a three-four-three. And you have to have two ball winners in midfield. But as I said earlier in the show, I believe that there are those types of players, like a Basuma um, type, who, who really gives the ball away, who's as good on the ball as, as, as he is winning it back. And I think that's the type of midfielder that we'll want in the, in, in the central mid, midfield, in the centre. We need someone who can control football matches. Um, I don't think the quality of, of passing in our midfield is good enough. Um, and unfortunately, the most talented, naturally gifted midfielder we have um, quite clearly doesn't want to be there um, in, in Nombele, which is just an absolute shame. But for me, I keep saying it, I think it's such an important position for us to get more control on games and football matches. Um, and it is very, dis uh, I mean, again, I don't want to be disrespectful here because I don't know a lot about this, this player, but it's, it's underwhelming if we're being completely honest to, to, the, to a fan base that pay the highest ticket prices in European football and we're told that this stadium was going to be a game changer for us. Now, I know, obviously, it's January. I know that the Frank Kessie deal was complicated because he wanted to wait until the summer. Um, I think that was Conte's number one target. But I just feel that surely there is another option out there in, in central midfield that, that's played at a better level. Perhaps somebody who's actually won trophies and, and can go straight into the first 11 and be an upgrade on one of those positions. And I don't see that in this signing. I might be wrong. Again, I haven't seen enough of this player. But from people I trust and who watch a lot of football and, and trust their opinion, um, they tell me that he hardly gets a game for Fuentina. Um, and for me, if that's the case, does he walk into this starting eleven and improve the, the, the team? Obviously not. So oh, I don't know what to say, Rick. Again, I, d I don't want to sort of be really negative because I don't know a lot about this player. But do you expect me to get excited about this signing? No, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> let, let, let's bring you in, Bridget, and we'll go to Anne. Go for it, Bridget. Let's bring you in. Uh, unmute your mic first, Bridge. Bridget. Yep, we've got you. Got go me? Right. Look, yep, what I'm going to say about this is that the midfield, for me, right, take away the broadcast side of it, I think our midfield needs serious, serious work. I, you know, every time Spurs play Chelsea, I'm like, oh, Kovacic on the bench. Oh, no. Kante on the bench. Oh, no. They can't do what they want to do this January. And I know that's frustrating. Just the players they want, they cannot get in right now. Now, Sofian Amrabat has been someone, yeah, he's not first choice. I think he's a stopgap for now. Um, do I think Hoybier's had a good season? I don't. Uh, is he burnt out? Maybe. Is he a bit limited? Maybe. That's just my opinion. Now, Conte, I'm told by a colleague of mine in Italy, really likes Amrabat. Now, I've said it time and time again on Sky. If Conte likes him, that's good enough for me. I, the last yeah. time I properly watched Serie A was, in, was on Channel 4. I don't watch Serie A enough to make a judgment. 
if you said to me a few weeks ago, Spurs are going to sign someone from Fiorentina this January, I'd be dancing and saying, Flavich, Ray! Or Bastuta. <laughs> but <laughs> Tottenham need bodies, right? And they can't whack skip for every game here on end. Sometimes I look at Hybier and he's a rabbit in headlights. If this is a guy they see... And you know, I've said, boys, you know how much I bore people on Twitter about never replacing Ericsson and creativity, bang, blah, blah, blah. They all, People tell me in Italy that Conte won't play it. I mean, he didn't play Ericsson for a long time at Inter. He looks at creativity as anyone should create. You should create in many different ways. Apparently, Amrabat's got a very good passing range on him. And, you know, we, he, wants us, he wants us to be tough. We're not tough, at, again, at the moment. So if he wants Amrabat just until the end of the season, I know it's not sexy. It's good enough for me. It's good enough for me. Yeah. Because thoughts. How many times, sorry, last thing, how many times have Tottenham been stung on YouTube? End on Bele. Yeah. We can even go back to Adel Tarat. We yeah, can all do yeah. a good show, Real. Yeah. Yeah, no, we can. Janssen. If you remember yeah, his he, highlight reel, he was the he was yeah. the, he's the top scorer. Yeah. So yeah. I totally yeah. agree with that. Well, even Saldado as well. But I know again, so Saldado, that's one that again divides opinion to a degree. But do and... not talk about but do not talk about Stefan Dalmat. Giza <laughs> was ledge. Giza was Giza was yeah, go on. Just on Sophie and Amrabat for you. Again, yeah. I know it's not a player that maybe we would have we would have heard of or know about him before this January window. Would you be content if it was just a stopgap if we are gonna obviously release some of these midfielders <clears> that we're gonna ask Mike about in a second? Yeah, I mean, if if it's a stopgap and and Conte likes him, who am I to argue? I'm just a supporter of, of a club that I love for for full, over forty years. So as long as Conte likes him, then then great. Then as you said, Rick, support him. And if it is a stopgap and we do go for someone like McKenney, who who we're heavily linked with, brilliant. Okay, I, I, I can live with that. But now we've got to push on. Now we've got to control that midfield. Too many games. Okay, we've won we've won a few games, but that Chelsea game really did show that our midfield is so weak. Yeah. So, so weak. And even Leicester, I know we, I know we won at the end, but that, could be, but that was because of, of our character. Yeah. But during the game, we did play well, but we still get overrun a lot. Yeah. Uh, Bridgie, just to throw in a couple of those uh, central midfielders that Anne picked up on one of them there, um, the, the likes at the moment of uh, Weston McKenney, Frank Kessie, is there any chance on this window as things stand, do you know? No. On even though? No. Okay. Fine. I mean, look, um, look, 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 if it changes, great. Of course. And someone can yeah. tweet me, you were wrong. Great. I'm glad I'm wrong. But at the moment, yeah. no. No. Hence, and again, yeah. hence Amrabat. Yeah. But, but we have to. Change, but any, look, this could all change because, yeah. look, I work on a transfer show, which is a month long. And there's always something bubbling, but it's usually to do with one club. Look, we talked about, mm. I'll talk about a Bamingang, Lingard. What I would love to see in the January window is make it one week. No mucking yep. about. You've got one week to do your business because you can get done at the end of the day. Stop yep. playing around. The summer's different because you've got pre-season release, people getting released. And January doesn't need to be a month. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. But you'll see and in the next few days things happening. And I think well, I think well, not just Tottenham Hotspur, you'll see a lot of loans. Look at Manchester United. Martial's gone on loan to Seville. Mm. No obligation to buy because he could do well for United next year. Um, Donny van der Beek might go on loan to Crystal Palace. No obligation, no loan fee. No, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't loan him to Tottenham. Yeah, I know, no I, know, I, know, yeah. I know. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Just Amrabat is a body. It, it's not. 
sexy and you know blah 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 but it's a body and as I say I don't want to repeat myself too much but if Conte wants him I think Spurs really just have to get behind it yeah, I agree. Well, listen, we are going to go for our first break of the show uh, for our listeners and audio. For our watching audience, we've got nearly 1,400 of you uh, watching us live. So thank you so much for all your incredible support. Just a shame we haven't got any incomings to talk about. And um, We are going to turn our attention to some of the outgoings, potentially, during this January transfer window. Of course, we've lost uh, Dylan Marcandy, a really, really talented youngster. Um, just quickly on that, before I come back to Bridgie, um, Frankie, for you, just on Dylan Marcande, I know it's one, again, as a youngster, we haven't really seen much of in a Spurs shirt. Are you concerned about us maybe losing some of our best youth players? Obviously, we saw Marcus Edwards leave the club uh, not a huge long time ago. And now another one departing Dylan Marcande. Is there a concern that some of these youth players can't really see the pathway to the first team? Well, I think they, they want first team football. And over the last sort of few years in particular, We've seen even the likes of, in a, in a different country, in, in a slightly different situation, but Jude Bellingham left to go to Borussia Dortmund. Um, under the, he, we wouldn't have made that move unless they'd promised him regular first-team football and, and he could evolve at a top club away from the championship and, and take that step up. So um, I think with Markendale, I think it was exactly the same in a sense that he, he wanted a championship club because he knew he'd play every week. How often would he play at Tottenham? Realistically, I mean... In, in, we're out of the conference so obviously there were minutes for him this season I think he came off the bench was it twice two of those games um, so it, it's a tough one I'm not going to be too quick, quick, critical of the club with, with that particular um, player because again he he needed first team football um, he, he was too good for the Premier League too he, he didn't want to sort of be stuck with the Spurs under 23s he wasn't going to get minutes in the first team Who, who's, who's in front of him we've got Bergwijn Lucas Son Kane Brian Hill so realistically, there is no, there's no first team football for him this season. Is there going to be next season? If particularly we finish in the top four and we get Champions League, no, he's not going to be in the squad next season. He's not going to get a look in. So from his point of view, I, I think it was it was a smart move for him personally. Obviously, it's disappointing that we lost one of the best kids that we've got in the academy. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate that he then went and got injured on his debut as well, coming off the bench. I think he's got a bit of a long term injury now. So feel feel for the kid, but. Um, it's just one of them things, Rick. He had to go and find first-team football. It wasn't going to happen at Spurs. It wasn't going to happen at Spurs next season. Um, and, and credit to him, in my opinion, for going down to the Championship and wanting to play every week. Yeah, he's obviously coming back from a long-term injury. Might let's bring you in very quickly there. Yeah, I just want to make one very quick point on Mark Ande and the whole under-23 structure in general. Like, I'm old enough. I went to reserve slash combination games back in the day you know reserve football was a lot different back then you you played in reserves if you had a niggle now there's a real gap it's more still watching the game a lot of high profile managers don't rate that level of competition now we've seen games being postponed for injuries now we know the Premier League made a mistake on that hence them changing the rules this afternoon now the point of that is is that the managers are we're all arguing on Twitter. Oh, you've got a great under-23 side. Their argument is they're not anywhere near ready. And the people I've spoke to about Mark Andy said he wasn't really ready at all. Um, so I know it's annoying because everyone loves seeing one of their own come through. But I didn't see it with Mark Andy, with, with what I was told. But the problem is, like everyone sees it on the under-23s, he's, he's banging them in every week. So I think it's a wider issue of what we do with the gap between the Premier League and this under-23 level. I don't like Pep Guardiola's idea of putting B teams in the EFL because I think we've got the structure in world football. I love non-league football. I wouldn't want to ruin that with reserve and B teams. 
But there's too big a gap there, which means managers don't have faith in these players to make that next step up. And my point on, on the under-23s, you look at Brian Hill, who, who wanted by a number of uh, teams in La Liga. What a waste of time. If we want Brian Hill to grow and develop, you send him to Norwich or someone lower down in the Premier League. He doesn't go back to Seville. You know, we know he can score against Ibar. Irrelevant. We need yep. to see what he can do in the Premier League lower down. Just on Brian Hill, just you mentioned 100%. Him there, we, we understand on Brian Hill that um, from Fabrizio Romano that Valencia is still waiting for a decision on Tottenham about a potential loan move for him. Could you see him being a player Spurs would allow to move on on loan this winter potentially? He's got so much interest from um, from Spain. So, I mean, um, look, I, I, I don't see the point. I just don't see the point. Look, Tottenham Hotspur signed him because he's good in La Liga. I want to see how he, how good he is against Watford or Crystal Palace. Yeah, I don't care Pretty if he's good against Ralph Posse-Dad in the Copa del Rey second leg. It's irrelevant. So, Sorry, I was just going to say, do not underestimate how different our football is to the rest of Europe. The intensity, the 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 pressure, even um, the physicality mm. side of things, the the relentlessness of the Christmas period, which is unlike any other calendar across Europe, it is a different brand and type of football. The weather, um, as well, in the winter, particularly now, it's bitter, and he's not going to get any of those experiences playing in Italy or Spain or France or Germany. He's not. It has to be in England, even if it was a. He'll probably think himself he's too good for the championship. And we didn't buy him to, to put him out on loan at a championship club. But if he can't get a Premier League loan move, loan him out to a top championship club and see how he deals with, with the physicality of that league. Because it's... You know, oh, oh, yeah. Or Leeds be or better, somewhere. He'd be, he'd be better in the championship than he would be in the league, in my opinion, in, in my, yeah. um, my opinion, to get a better understanding of the English game. Very quickly, Ant, to come over to you. How concerning is that, Ant? We spend quite a considerable amount of money on Brian Hill. And again, it was an undisclosed fee from what I understand because, again, Eric Lamella went the other way to Seville. Yeah. Have you been disappointed by what you've seen of the kid so far? Do you not think he's yeah. been given a fair chance? I've, uh, I don't think, obviously, he hasn't been given the fair chance. But from what I've seen, I've not been that impressed. Um, I, I got told that this kid's the next best thing, and, and I and again, I hope I'm on, on this show in a few years' time. Going, my word, what a signing he was! But at this present time, I'm not seeing anything to go for him to warrant a starting eleven in the starting eleven, and it, and it just it just shows the lack of um the tr uh, the transfer activity that was in in last summer, but. I'm with the boys. Loan him to to a, a a lower Premier League side, you know, like a Leeds. He'll, he'll, he'll fit in well with Bielsa. Do you know what I mean? Um, a, maybe a a Watford or a Palace, just somewhere like that where he can I get I the don't physicality. Think he, gets in Leeds. he don't get in Leeds' his side. Jack Harrison, uh, uh, Rafinha. Don't think you. I don't think he starts for Leeds United. It has to it has to be a lower tier side. I know, obviously, they're not too far above the relegation zone, but. I yeah. don't think he starts for Leeds. So we have to be careful. when we, If we're going to send him out somewhere, he has to play every week. And um, I, I do sort what, of agree like with you. Palace? I don't He's even know if he gets thing. in the Palace side. He doesn't get in the Palace side. There's, there's literally... This, this is what I'm saying. Where does he fit? This is what I mean. Uh, he'll he go and be physical. Future, he was, bought, he was uh, definitely uh, bought for the future, wasn't he? It's... it's but is he is he a Conte player? Is he a Conte player? You know, in in a, a year, two years time. This is what I mean. It's not easy because you know Norwich are telling Billy Gilmore to f off back to Chelsea, and he's their most technical player. So yeah. 
it's not easy. You've got to get the right mould. You know, the, I, I would send a lot of our under-23s to QPR because I know Mark Warburton's a Tottenham guy and he, he wants Spurs mm. players to develop. But yeah. I think Gill's probably better than the Championship. It's really difficult. Pete Mason says, send him to Enfield Town. I'm going to Enfield Town on Saturday, Pete. I totally agree with you. It's <laughs> worried that our level is dropping you down. You idiot, Bridget. <laughs> but on that signing, Rick, just on that signing on, on Brian Hill, on. I think it yeah. was an opportunity. I think, obviously, they wanted to get rid of Lamella for whatever reason. Um, yeah. That was part of the deal. It just fell in, you know, the opportunity popped up. And his reputation across Europe, and particularly in Spain, is that he's one of the next big stars of Spanish football. Um, it's too early to judge him. He's still a kid, relatively. Um, and, you know, we're going to have to give him time to evolve. But I understand the frustrations because the outlay, how much would you have valued the Melorat in the summer? 15 million? 12 yep. million? Percentage, so yep, if, you, if you add that all together, I understand the question amongst the fan base is, could have we had spent that money better elsewhere on a position that was more in but, need and somebody who would start more games? But I come back to the point of, he's one for the future. Now, I, I'm not going to be sitting here waiting for a kid to come good in January 2026. I'm not interested. I want someone to start now and kick yeah. on. Because us, you know, us as fans, we want to see um, results I straight away. I think what didn't help as well was that Nuno Espirito Santo treated the Conference League like a score B team. And it was like, you kids go on playing that match and then the yeah. big boys are going to train and Hill was part of the, the unwanted boys and Ben Davis said to us a few months ago, it just didn't feel right, didn't feel nice. That doesn't excuse their poor performances at Vitesse um, and the other match we played. I and can't Laura, remember. of course, yeah. Ren, but yeah. it was just that kind of attitude of us v them and it just got off on the wrong foot. And any new signing, especially from another country, if you don't bed him in right, you know, I think Havertz started poorly at Chelsea, didn't he? And he ends up winning the Champions League for them. I'd yeah. certainly give him time. I, the first leg, actually, at Chelsea, he was the only one who did anything. Like, I think he went round Rudiger or someone. It was the only bit of excitement. I'm certainly not going to give up on the guy. At the no, moment, not at all. It looks like odd business. But Lame, it was, you know, like Lamella's obviously enjoying, was enjoying life in Spain. But I kind of he, he suits that kind of play. But I'm not going to give up on the hill. But if there's a loan like maybe a Burnley, then I'd certainly take it. But my point being, from a fan's point of view, I wouldn't yep. accept any bid from Valencia. Any there's no point. We know he can do it in the league. It's it's just pointless. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Mike, conscious of time, we're just going to bring it on to um, our current midfielders that look like they might be heading out the door. The likes of Deli Ali, Tungi and Dombele and Gila Celso. They weren't involved at all in Sunday's 2-0 loss against Chelsea. Um, we saw, obviously, the latter with uh, Lo Celso tagging the social media to say that he was in good physical condition, 100%. Firstly, on Lo Celso, do we know where we're at with his future? Well, I mean, out of the three, that was the one that surprised me on Sunday because with so many injuries and knocks and he came on against Leicester, didn't he? And was was in the away end sort of clapping the fans. Then all of a sudden he's not in the squad. And then naturally every fan's thinking, oh, he's injured again. And, you know, they're right to think that. And then all of a sudden it wasn't that. So as of now, um, I'm not told of any approach or bid, but there must be something in the pipeline to have not put him in the squad at all. Um, he's the one where I'm not sure if he will go. I mean, obviously, he's with his beloved Argentina at the moment. Um, now, it is an interesting one because there's a few 
things holding up that deal. Um, for me, I mean, I think he's kind of lucky to get PSG because he's shown Spurs absolutely nothing. Um, as a fan, I would swap him with Jeannie Wignanum. Like, you know, like nothing. You, people talk about, oh, he's too old for Spurs. I'm not talking about permanent deals. Just a All slow, day long. Just a swap. Because yeah. he's such a fantastic midfielder. But I he know is. it's not going to happen. But it's such common sense because I'm reading PSG from French reports that PSG need to get one out. Great. We'll have Jeannie. Because Tottenham, oh, wanted him. Tottenham wanted him a few years ago. But out of the three, now I'm told as well, Delhi, there's no real great interest in Delhi at the moment. That's a real worry. Even now, on loan? So no. Loan and perm, there's no... In, no. Not at the moment, no. no. Right. But look, what about Newcastle, Bridgie? I don't think Tottenham are too keen to deal with Newcastle. Not, that's little bits I've heard. Look, I think Delhi will be talked about on deadline day. I really do. Remember, boys, this is the 26th of January. Things could change in, in the next hour. But at the moment, there is no concrete interest in Delhi Alley at the moment. So would you say at the moment, out of those three, the midfielders, Delhi and Dombele LaCelso, and Dombele is the more likely one to go as things stand, Mike? If there's one or two things that they can sort out, then yes. Okay. But look at this, right? So... No one likes losing to Chelsea. We know this is their big derby, and I'm, I had to unfollow their Twitter account the other day. I'm sick of it going on about how much it means to them. But that team that we had to put out that Sunday, you think of those three players not in the squad. Two of those players were over a hundred million quid that summer. Yeah. Now, <laughs> hear me out here, right? Now, I know Steve Hitchin gets a lot of stick. But from a TV production point of view, you can film a 15 hours worth of footage and just use one minute. Now, I know there's that famous I hate it line, right? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff they didn't use and a lot of really interesting stuff. And I think they kind of did him dirty a little bit. Pochettino wanted Lo Celso and he also wanted Ndombele. I love the look of Ndombele. We, I, he looked like the Dembele replacement to me. Lo Celso, I wasn't sure. But I'm sick and tired after three years of saying... Uh, he can play there. He can play there. He can yeah, play. Yeah. No, at one point we have to say the player has to take responsibility and nail down a place. Is he a six? Is he an eight? Or is he a ten? Hasn't done it in any position. Neither has Endombele, right? And if they say, "Oh, they might come good," right? I'm not waiting any more. So that has to be the case. So that's what Conte is doing. So I have full backing of Antonio Conte as a supporter if he's saying. These guys cannot be on my boat anymore because they're just not for me. I back him fully, 100%. And just one more, Bridgie. Um, Jesse Lingard, I mean, we've heard, again, reports that United uh, are not looking to really do business with West Ham and Tottenham because they would be strengthening a rival. Is there anything to read upon Jesse Lingard? Do you expect that one to kind of, again, go down to deadline day? Well, interesting one, that one, because Manchester United have given um, Martial to Seville for, for free, but paying his full wages. Um, Van der Beek would go to another club, full wages, but no fee. With Lingard, they want quite a big fee from Newcastle, which is quite in, which is interesting. They're not going to loan him to West Ham, and they certainly won't loan him to Tottenham Hotspur. So I was a little bit... This isn't a story that I got. I'm going to hold my hand up. It was a surprise to me as well. But if there's interest there, it would be in the summer. But... I, look, I, with my fan hat on at the moment, I I think it's more of a January than the summer. I think in the summer, I'd like Tottenham to stop looking elsewhere. I think January would make a great impact. It's not going to happen in January. 
Okay, let's do. Let's go back around to the boys. Um, Frank, let's come around to you. I mean, listen, I think it's no, <laughs> no great surprise. We're trying to move, obviously, the likes of Ndombele, Lo Celso, Deli on. Um, I want to ask you, Frank, how detrimental will it be if any of those, if not two, two of those players, are still going to be here come the end of the window? How easy will it be to integrate those back into the squad? In your opinion, it's not ideal because it's obvious that they're surplus to requirements under Conte. So. From a lot of these players, they haven't had the best few years anyway, have they? Even Delhi, form-wise, their confidence must be, if not through the floor, <clears throat> in the case of Delhi, excuse me, their confidence must be drained, to be totally honest. However, with, with the, 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 the players have got to want to play. And I think the situation with Delhi Alley is, from what I hear, he, he didn't want, thinks he's too good for Everton. There was an approach from Everton, he doesn't want to go to Everton. Um, Newcastle, the project there, interesting because obviously you can see the direction they're going in um, and it seems that there are other clubs Brighton and Southampton have been mentioned but another issue is with with Tongi and Delhi is they're two of our top four earners at the club so who's going to match their high wages um, can the likes of Southampton and Brighton afford to pay Delhi's wages in full I'm not sure um, so it's not as cut and dry as just get them out the door you know move them on it, it, it's not that simple um, and also, they've got to relocate. Uh, they might be happy. Like, I don't know. There's so many facets and, and variables to, to the situation of trying to get these players out. But it's, it, I mean, it's going to be difficult. Um, of the five that the, the media are mentioning, realistically, we'll be lucky to get two of those out. Um, and obviously, it seems that until we shift one or two, we're not going to sort of be looking at other positions. I mean, it's all depending on who goes out. So it is literally at the moment finely balanced. We've just got to get quite lucky with. Again, one of these clubs that are interested coming to take taking these players from us because um, of these clubs, if you're PSG, is Tongi and Dombelli your first choice? Probably not. Yeah. Um, if you're Newcastle, it seems to me Jesse Lingard was their first choice. Okay, mm. if you can't get Lingard, would you go for Deli Alli? Possibly. Yeah. But these players don't seem to be the first choice of the clubs they're linked with. They seem to be sort of backups, much like perhaps Traore is at the moment for Diaz with Conte, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so much has to fall into place and, and, and has to happen before anything else happens, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, with with ingoings in and, and outgoings. So, it's, it's, it's frustrating, but I think the club will try. By the sounds of things, they are trying. They're trying to get rid of players. Yeah. But whether they'll be able to is, is, is another question. And it's going to be a struggle, Rick. I mean, and coming over to you, where we are in the transfer at the moment, how concerning is that, that essentially we're looking to offload... Um, again, they've not been playing regular football here, the likes of obviously Ndombele, um, out of those three, and Deli Ali as well. But I mean, that's quite a number of creative players we're letting go there. And please pardon the puns, I know people might find that uh, slightly sarcastic, but in mind their lack of football. We're letting go a number of those players that could be creative elements to the team. And at the moment, from what we're hearing links-wise, um, Sophie and Amrabat, again, is, a, is as we've described as a body that you know would be able to help the team. Are you worried about letting those players go and not bringing another creative midfielder in could really damage I the think, season? I, th I think it's time for them to go, personally, uh, whether it be a loan with an obligation to buy or loan just for themselves, just to go out and play football. Obviously, Delhi, you know, he's, he's you know he's, he's just gone, he's just declined, isn't he? Um, I think he needs to go for himself rather than forget football, his own health, and 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 to be around maybe in another country yeah. or another club in the Premier League. Um, yep. I think for him, he needs to be that, he needs to be a top bod in in a, in a team um, and, and build the team around him. And Don Belli, I'm very disappointed with. I had such high hopes for him. Lo Celso, I wasn't 
always that keen on him anyway, uh, so it doesn't really bother me. Um, and I think if two of them have to go, then whoever stays has to fight for, for his place in the team because we do need some creativity. But I'm reading this, is, you know, Undumbele stats, he's completed nine 90-minute games in two and a half years. I mean, yeah, that stat is, ha- is an yeah. absolute... Can't it's, carry it's on. Fr- We're playing too much fr- money. Record, record it's signing a joke. as well. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's bad. It's bad. And LaCelso as well was hardly played for us, as we know. So, yeah, I think them two definitely have to have to go uh, on loan or, or even get sold. Can I ask you, Mike, before we go for our final break of the show for our audio listeners... With, if, if we was to somehow miraculously get all those three out the door by the deadline, um, would it be a possibility that we may see a surprise name come in as a creative midfielder? Or is it just about where those dominoes, the dominoes fall towards the coming end days of the window, in your opinion? Well, Rick, you know I've made no secret of my obsession with a creative midfielder. You know, you, Ericsson's stats, yep. you know, they were top of the... He tops every Premier League stat for chances created, for, you know, literally everything. And Tottenham have missed it so much. I mean, he, even when Eriksson wanted to leave, he came on against Villa on the opening day and turns the game, wins 3-1. Mourinho brought him on after 25 minutes for Dyer in the Champions League game and Spurs win 4-2. Spurs have just missed that player who can pick a pass. Spurs cannot keep the ball. You know, a few years ago, Tottenham in their final season at White Hart Lane, they never lost the ball. You know, they were... Just so good to watch. And now it's it's turgid. You know, it's poor players. Um, look, I, I think getting rid of all three is a bit of a risk, in my opinion, because I don't think... I think they'll get Amrabat in, but I don't think they'll get any other midfielder in at the moment. They, they really like Frank Kessie, um, but there'll be a lot of interest there. Weston McKenney, I think, is doing pretty well at Juve at the moment. And as I say, you know, speaking to my um, colleague in Italy, um, Damasio, who's a good friend of Paratici and, and Conte, he said that Tottenham are going to do incredible, huge business, l- plenty of business, I think, was it what he said in the summer. Um, and the midfield was the area they really wanted to target. And I think if we're honest, you know, I think we all love the, the players as individuals in our midfield, but how many would get in the top? four sides none no. of them would they really so no. we've got we've got to be completely honest and I think you know it's time Spurs need to be feared again you know I'm sick of the Tottenham get battered song and all that but like oh, it's just, I, yeah. I want Tottenham to go to Stamford Bridge and give these players a good hiding and and the midfield just don't cut it but if you're yeah. asking me do I think Spurs will get the three midfielders out with three midfielders in no uh, that I just don't think that's going to happen that's why I think it is a bit of a risk but has uh, there might, has there been a, a fallout of La Celsa? I mean, from what I hear, he isn't the most chummiest kind of guy anyway. He isn't the most, you know. Yeah, we've, we've heard these rumours that he's not particularly liked around the club. I mean, again, we don't expect yeah, a comment I mean, on that if you don't that, want to. That, but. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, you, you hear things, you know. I think what's not good from a Tottenham point of view is he looks like Victor Meldrew from one foot in the grave when he's at Tottenham. Then the minute he flies to Argentina, it's arm in arm with these blokes and they're all yeah. playing well again. Now, I'm not going to listen to any more people tell me, he's so good for Argentina, we need to find a way. No, they've tried it. Sort something out for him. I've had enough. But that's me as a fan. Yep. So I just don't think all three will go. But okay. look, I've yep. my understanding is there's no concrete interest in Delhi. 
deadline day 6am, there could be three clubs after him. That's yeah. that's deadline day. It, we have to emphasize again, the transfer windows, you know better than anyone, Mike. And again, for listeners, uh, viewers watching this, it changes. It changes minute by minute, you know, second by second. So we have to stress that point. Right, we are going to go for our final break of the show. Um, for our listeners that are on audio, there is over nearly 1,500 of you watching us live. Um, quite incredible that, bearing in mind, yet yeah, Spurs are yet to make any incoming signings and we're all waiting baiting uh, and we'll be watching Sky Sports News, hopefully for that yellow ticker, very, very soon. No pressure on you at all, Bridgie. Have a <laughs> word with the producers, please. Uh, right, OK. Um, just to look as, we, as we're as we coming towards the end, let's just, uh, again, just touch up on a few names. Stephen Bergvine, um, Bridgie, again, listen, he's got a great brace against Leicester. Incredible moment for Spurs in what could become a, a huge three points of the season, which could ultimately lead to Spurs being back in the Champions League, may I dare say. But there's this Ajax rumour that still won't go away. Um, can you give us the latest on that? Do you think Bergwijn can still leave the club in the coming days? Well, it won't go away because the interest is still there. Um, what it's done is it's, it's strengthened his position at Tottenham Hotspur. Um, Ajax really want him. They offered, I think, around 15, 16, and then maybe the odd bonus here and there. But I think it was about Ajax winning Champions League or something like that. Look, for me, in my opinion, I, you know, as, as taking away the broadcast side again as a fan, I was happy for him to go. I just, I was sick to death of like playing one game, then injured for three games, playing one game, injured for three. But listening to Antonio Conte a few weeks ago, he mentioned Bergwijn without anyone asking him. And he said, I really count on him. And then he brought him on against Leicester. And then uh, I don't, I'm sure a lot of you have heard, he said to Tottenham TV that I, I, I could use him as a striker. I thought he played well against Chelsea. He looked tired. Um, but no, I wouldn't rush to sell him at the moment. Um, I've, I've seen enough over the last few weeks to say, look, let's just keep him for now. Um, what I would say is Ajax still really, really want to sign him. Um, I think Spurs would have to bring in Diaz and Traore for, to, to consider it now. I, I really yeah. do. I think, but do you know what as well? Spurs have missed Son lately, you know, and People say he's not been playing well lately, but he was still, mm. you he know, nominated. You a goal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was still nominated for Player of the Month, and it's not as if Spurs are blessed with other options. Yeah. So let's let's not start throwing players back to Ajax if they're playing all right. And I thought Bergwijn played all right the other night. I thought he got a serious. You know that goal when Kane scored, Bergwijn went down. I thought, oh yeah. my god, he's done his hammy. <laughs> he hadn't. He was just knackered. But that's fine. I'd keep him personally. But yeah, the question: Do Ajax still want him? Yes. The okay. Spurs want to sell him. Not so sure now. Okay, we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, let's go round back to the boys. Frankie, just on that with Bergvine, um, if it was a case that we were bringing the likes of Diaz and Traore in, I have to say those, you know, hypothetically, hypothetically bring those players in, would you be in favour of seeing Bergvine leave the club or do you think there's more to him, Frankie, that we haven't quite seen yet with the Dutchman? Um, possibly. I mean, he, he was brilliant against West Ham this season in the League Cup and he was okay against Chelsea, obviously superb against Leicester, but he's another one. I mean, he's shown in very small glimpses that he has got ability. I'm not sure if it's a confidence thing with, with Bergwijn, but if we do get Traore and Diaz, or even one or the other, um, where does that leave him? I mean, if we get Diaz, it pushes him down the pecking order, quite simply, um, with Son and Kane there as well, and Lucas, uh, I think they're his preferred three choices at the moment. Uh, Bergwijn is the full starter out of those four. So if Diaz comes in, then I can't see where he fits in. Um, like Bridgie, I think possibly recently shown 
more than others. So perhaps does deserve another chance. But I don't know. I mean, if if, if the S does come in and we sell Bergvine and, and we use those funds perhaps for um, another position, I, I'm not too, too against that. Um, how long has he been at the club now, Rick? Two and a half years? Yep. How many good games has he had in those two and a half years? Mm. You count them on one hand, when you really? You know, that's the problem. You can yeah. count them on one hand. He's shown in yep. glimpses. Is that possibly because of Mourinho had him playing at sort of almost a wing-back position in some points when he was manager? Yeah. Um, yeah. If we're being fair to Bergwijn, he was asked to do a lot, wasn't he, going the other way? Yeah. Mourinho um, didn't want defen- it. Defensively. Yeah. So well, uh, sort of... How worrying was that? How public that was made as well? <laughs> I couldn't believe that at the time. Yeah. And Nuno actually quite liked Bergwijn because he, he played him at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and yeah. I thought he had a great start to the season, Stephen Bergwijn, mm. um, yeah. without obviously the, the goals and assists to show. But he was probably our best player against Wolves up there. Um, he done well against Manchester City when we beat them on, on, on the first game of the season. So I don't know. But the, the, the issue is, and Bridgie mentioned it earlier, we've got players now like Gio, like Ndombele, and I put Bergwijn in that bracket that have been here now for over two years, nearly three years, and are we going to keep giving these players chances when they, when they haven't produced the goods? Um, well, you're, you're right, run. Frank, because the point is, is that although he scored two at Leicester, this isn't a charity. That was his first league goal in eight months. I want to see so much more. You look at Diego Jota, you know, like, bang, yeah. straight in from Wolves. Mm. So if, if, if Ajax did come in with 23, 24 million, Spurs have got every right to consider it. And if, he, and, if, and if he has a slumber again or has an injury, Spurs should consider it because there have been... <laughs> I'm old enough to remember Ronnie Rosenthal getting a hat-trick at Southampton 6-2 in 1995 in a fifth-round replay. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just have good nights. Now, I'm not comparing him to Ronnie Rosenthal, but I'm saying I want more from you, Bergwijn. I want a lot more, you know, and I, sh- I should yeah. demand a lot more. Yeah. And let's come over to you quickly on Bergvine. Uh, from what you've seen from him so far for you, would be would he be a player that you'd be fighting to keep before the deadline? Um I'm I'm sort of on the fence on this one because you've seen the potential of, of him. He has he has got glimpses, as as Frank said, in, in some games, but then then you sort of go back to what Bridget said in terms of we're not a charity, we can't just have these players because they're nice guys or they scored uh, you know a winning goal in in, in against Leicester and stuff like that. <clears throat> I do want to see more. I haven't been that impressed, but out of the, you know, if you was telling me who would you rather sell, Le Celso and Don Bele or Burbine, you know, Burbine would be the last person to sell out of them three. So, you know, I think we do need, but the thing is we need a squad now. We need to start building a squad. If we bring some new players in and some go, we yeah. do need to have, uh, you know, a bench, you know, uh, to players to come on to make an impact if and when they're called upon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mike, I might be bringing the mood down here, so please accept my apologies. A player that um, Sky reported on, I want to say, earlier this week, a forward. Let's all get excited. It's a forward. Um, his name, <laughs> uh, Muhammad Ali Cho. Anything, Mike, you can tell us if Spurs are still interested in the player? We've just muted you there again, Mike. I don't know if that was because you perhaps didn't want to talk about him. Let's uh, bring you back <laughs> off. Um that's not my story, Rick. Um, I think that might be an agent throwing to clubs. Right. Okay. Um, looks like a, a SAR kind of deal. If Tottenham were to buy him, then he'd probably go back on loan. Um, a poor kid, like two goals in, was it nine games or something? And people are going... Two goals in, yeah. 18 Liga appearances. Yeah, so but I mean, look, 
I can understand it. You know, you know, Tottenham should. Look, I'm going to say it now. Tottenham should have signed Dusan Vlahovic last summer. You know, they they really should have just gone for it. The whole Kane mess stopped it. That you know, I've had I've had the whole month on Sky talking about Vlahovic to Arsenal, and it's killed me because I know Tottenham loved him, and I'm kind of feel like he's going to be wasted at Juve. And I know it's disrespectful to Serie A, but. I think this guy is the absolute real deal. I think he's absolutely made for the Premier League. And I've been watching him since last summer because I know Tottenham liked him a lot. And I'm thinking, this guy is utterly sensational. So it's such a shame. So to be honest with you, any other striker I hear now, I'm a little bit... "Mm." But with that player, it's not my story. Uh, it, It might potentially be an agent thrown to Spurs. Spurs haven't completely denied it, but... Yep. Again, I mean, we'll see how that develops. But I think what Tottenham need to do now, and Antonio Conte said this to me uh, on a press conference a few weeks ago, Tottenham need to sign strikers are on, that are on Harry Kane's level. Tottenham have been obsessed in the past of saying, oh, no, we, we can't dislodge Harry Kane. We'll get someone else to sit on the bench. No, no, no. Winners like Antonio Conte want level, the same level. That's what Spurs need to aspire to, not... He's good. He'll be good. He, he'll love the bench. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, nice. Seats. Oh, this is nice. Lovely. No, it needs to be Kane. <clears throat> Conte's bang on. Kane needs competition now. It's getting to well, a point now. Well, what we're going to do if Kane gets injured, because we haven't exactly. got these, these forwards we're linked with, um, Diaz, for instance, he doesn't play anything like Harry Kane. And mm. Balovic can play with his back to go. We haven't got another player. Uh, Steven Bergwijn done okay against Chelsea with holding the ball up, but against a big physical centre-back. We haven't got anyone like who can do what Kane does and get us up the pitch by holding no. the ball up, bringing others into play, as I said, playing with his back to goal, a bit yep. more of a target man type. Um, what happens if Harry Kane gets injured? Because the rest are almost similar in a sense, Lucas Bergwijn, even Diaz, who we link with, Son, they're different players to Harry Kane. And, and this is the, the problem. I mean, at Inter Milan, he had um, Dybala, he had Martinez, and he had Lukaku. Yep. Um, there's such a good balance of options there. And um, I just feel that, that my biggest issue for, for forward options is exactly that. If Kane does get injured, we've been extremely lucky so far this season. What happens? But we well, need it's... someone now. We need someone now to challenge Kane. Yeah. It's got to a point now. What if Kane was injured against Chelsea? Son's out, Kane's out. Where's the goals coming from? Mm. I, this is the problem, isn't it? I'm this is fed up of it. I'm fed up of that thing. Oh, who's going to sit on the bench for Harry Kane? We don't need a sixth striker. We've got Harry Kane. Harry yeah. Kane, as Frank said, we've been lucky this season. Touch wood. So he far. hasn't had an injury. But but we, so know there's all, there's, we know there's always an anchor injury with Kane around January. Always, February, mate. Always the way. But Bridget, what's going to happen when he retires in a few years? Well, they're going to have to solve it sooner rather than later. Bridget, is there any strikers forwards? that we've been linked with or you can tell us Spurs are maybe looking at between now and the deadline. We need to bring you back off mute, Bridgie. Sorry, I know you don't want to answer this one. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, None look, look Diaz has obviously come out of nowhere, whether that's an agent saying that he might be available now and it might happen with a striker, I don't know. But look, I think Dusan Vlaovic was on Tottenham's radar and he's no longer there. You know, it's a real blow. As I say, he could have been, you know, exaggerating here, but at Tottenham's Klinsman, he, he's that good. It's a shame he's staying in Serie A. It's good he's not going to Arsenal. Um, but no, there's there's nothing on the horizon strike-wise at the moment. It's funny because I went to the, um, it was the last 
press it was the one and only press conference in person. It was before the Norwich game and Antonio yeah. Conte. So I let, let you know I'll let you in on an, an Antonio Conte press conference. So he asks for every journalist to ask just one question. So you're like, wow, that's not much. I usually get five or six, but the press guy says he promises you a long, concise, considered answer. And yeah. I'll tell you what, he does. Yeah. You know, like you remember managers in the past might be one word answers yeah. or, you know, like, like Nuno Espirito Santo, lovely guy, but he, he'd be a bit. I remember when Alistair asked him a question about Oliver Skip, you know, great game today. And he said, I don't talk about individuals. And, I'm, you know, we're all looking thinking, is it positive? You know, but with Antonio Conte, someone asked about Harry Kane playing in the Conference League. And he said, I have to be honest with you. I cannot afford to rest him. He's like, wow. He said, I can't rest him. And he's he's played every game. And even against Morecambe. Says it all. That says it all. Yeah. And Morecambe, League One, he had to bring Kane on to turn the game around. I was embarrassed. Mm. Yeah. What, you and I mean, me both, son. Is, is it a case, Bridgie, we just keep one eye on it then between now and the window? I mean, is, this yeah, could look, change. Look, I'm, I'm on with four or five days to go, right? Yeah. So, it, universally out there, the players Tottenham won. Yeah. Luis Diaz is, is a name that's cropped up from the Portuguese uh, press, which we've we've had backed up, which is, yep, that's fine. Tottenham are, yep. are really trying for that. I don't want to come on here and, like, with party things and, like, fireworks, because I've been here before with Dybala. And, and, and like loads of players before, Lataro Martinez, yeah, yeah, but that was yeah. a weird one because I I was told that was never close, but Dybala was close, and I was running around the Sky offices going yes, <laughs> you know, like, and I was talking to people with better contacts than me, really close to the board, looking good, looking good. Martinez never, that was why it was a weird one for me. But that one, I was running around going Dybala, whoa, 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 but. Yeah. That's why I don't want to go too much on Diaz, but I do know they're really going for this, really, really right. going for this. But because I know Liverpool like him, they and Liverpool will yeah. look for him in the summer. So my my message to Spurs would be: get someone for even if you have to pay an extra ten million, that extra ten million turns into getting an extra one hundred and ten million when you're in the top four. Yeah, because that top four is absolutely wide open. Get a couple in. He's a state in the his, top four. Yeah. It's going to make yeah. the whole world of difference. And he's a state. I mean, again, like, again, Luis Diaz. He would be a statement signing, right? He's a player that would, you know, it would. What everyone thinks about Tottenham as a football club, that would make Europe slightly look at Tottenham. Think, God, that's a player that you've got there. And what would, would be say, that good? when mm. people say, "Oh, but, but where does he fit?" We've got Mora. <laughs> top top players fit. End of. <laughs> you don't need to. You, you think. Don't worry about it. Gonna... They, they fit because they get in the team. Well, of course, I mean. the, change, the changer room gets a boost. They all know who Luis Diaz is. They've seen the goals in the Champions League against Manchester City. They've seen the quality. The players get a lift. Harry Kane all of a sudden thinks, that's a great signing, Luis Diaz. Serious. What, yep. what do we think? What does the, the toxic world of Spurs Twitter think? The whole fan base is, is lifted by a signing of that ilk and, and magnitude and I would urge the board, if we are looking at it, and as Bridgie said, we're, we're a matter of five or ten million pounds short uh, of what mm. we're offering, go and pay that extra because it could be the game changer and yeah, the difference. Exactly. Again, which which gets you top four or not. Yep. Bridgie, we're just going to throw um, some defenders at you and you can tell us where we're at in terms of their movement this window. Um, Javit Tanganga, 
that link to AC Milan still doesn't seem to be going away. We've got Matt Doherty, it's gone quiet on for a couple of days. And Joe Roden, those three, do you expect them to be on the move between now and the end of this January transfer window? So my understanding is, is that Tottenham, if they got a defender in, which at the moment isn't close, they would allow Roden and Tanganga to go out on loan. Um, again, taking the sky hat off and putting my Spurs hat on, I'd love to see Tanganga go on loan. I think he's had a, a difficult month being kind. And I think AC Milan, Maldini and, you know, Tamore's there. Go and go on loan. Have a change of culture. You've been at Spurs since you were six. Have a have a have six months somewhere else. Roden's an interesting one because there isn't, I don't think there's a lot of interest at the moment in the Premier League. And I think Spurs would probably encourage it because Antonio Conte, again, said a really interesting thing to me um, last month. No, sorry, early December. I think it might be to Jonathan Ville. And he said, look, you know, Roden's not getting in the team. And he said, I have, Conte always starts with, I have to be honest with you. He says, I only see Joe Roden as an Eric Dyer replacement uh, playing in the, the centre of the three. I was surprised because I've seen Roden play left centre, right centre at Wales, and I think he's done well. But I'm not sure if Conte's totally sold on him. So that's an interesting one. I know he's had a few, I think he's had a few rib injuries as well, so he's not played a lot of games, but his career just hasn't taken off whatsoever mm. for Spurs. No. I, I'd, if Tottenham brought a defender in, I'd send both on loan without any qualms. I mean, Romero's obviously Romero's ready. Romero wanted to play on Sunday, but Spurs have said, look, just next mm. time. Also, they didn't want him to go out um, international duty again. So um, I think he's gone to Dubai. Or he's gone on holiday for a bit, but he, he's ready. He's completely right. ready. Okay. Um, and of course, Conte likes him as the third, that's the right of the three. Yep. Uh, and Dyer, let's be, I, I, I pick Dyer as my player of the year now, really, or most improved player under Conte. So. Mm. But yeah. Romero coming back is a real boost. But I, I, I think Tanganga needs a loan. I, I really do. And Doherty, um, very quickly, he's gone very quiet on in the last few days. I mean, is there a chance he now stays at the club? Or do well, you think I think, he might... was quite, I think he was quite hurt by um, by not be. He's aware that he's not wanted. Um, but he played really well at Leicester, didn't he? Again, it's this you... Bergwijn situation. Yeah. When, when you say played... not wanted, do you mean by the by the fans or by the club? Both. <laughs> Um, look, he's available, but I don't think anyone's going to bid for him. But he did really well second half against Leicester, but he's got to keep that going. You know, it's not, can't be just one game, but I felt sorry for him the other week playing left wing back two games. I mean, oh, I mean, you know, he's a right wing back end of, but what I would say is people say he's not had the chance there. He has, he, he had that chance last year. He got sent off against Leeds and Mourinho gave him, if looks could kill, he'd be dead. You know, he, mm. Just something's not clicked. There's, some, there's players where sometimes I look at them and I think they're not Spurs players. Weirdly, I think of like Stephen Pienaar and players like that. They never really fitted into Tottenham. And I feel like with Matt Doherty at the moment, but I'd love to be proved wrong. I really, any player I don't rate, I want to be proved wrong because I want my club to do well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, genuinely, I want to be proved wrong. Of course, but of course. I don't, again, time's ticking. And he, again, he's on that would consider offers list. Yes, he is. Yeah, 100%. But there isn't any. Frank, let's come around to you. Based on what we've got defensive at the moment, if we don't bring in 
another centre-back or anybody to improve that back line? Do you think what we've got at the moment is good enough to compete for a top four spot? Within the injury dependent, again, like the squad, like most positions, we are one or two injuries or particularly three or four injuries away or um, suspensions or wherever it may be from weakening the, the starting eleven significantly. I mean, we've been very unlucky recently. I think against Chelsea, five starters who would be in the starting eleven usually missing. Um, and most teams wouldn't be able to cope with that, barring prob- probably City and Chelsea, such as the, 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 the size and strength of their squad. But I just, I mean, what he's done with Ben Davis, uh, he's capable as a left centre-back. That's probably the only position I like him in at, at the moment. He's done, he's done pretty well. We'll need to upgrade him at some point, but he starts for the rest of the season. Dyer's been brilliant, um, almost like David Luiz Dyer, in a sense that he struggles in the back two. Being a three when he's the orchestrator, almost like the libero, I, I think that's a good position for him. And I really like Romero. But you go beyond that, the next three are Devinson Sanchez, who's done pretty well, albeit on the right side of a three. I don't like him in the middle. And then the, the other two are who? Roden, who he doesn't fancy. He's, he's been a disaster, if we're being honest, as a sign-in. And Tanganga, who's been responsible for a lot of mistakes and, and goals conceded recently. So like any position in this squad, Rick, you start losing one or two starters and, and yep. the backups or replacements that come in, the fall and drop in quality from the starters mm. is, is pretty damning at times. And, and that could cost us. Again, we have to be, with the squad as it is at the moment, so lucky with injuries from now until the end of the season, which is basically hoping for a miracle um, for, for us to obviously stand a chance of finishing in the top four. Yeah. And same question to you. With what we've got defensive-wise at the moment, if we don't bring in any reinforcements on that back line. Are you still confident we've got enough for the rest of the season to try and mount a change for that top four? Oh, man. Um, no, I don't. Because, as as Frank said, Roden hasn't really played a lot this season. Tanganga's cost us a lot of goals. <clears throat> you know, little mistakes here and there. <clears throat> I'm just worried if, if Romero or Dyer or even Davis gets injured because I think Davis's done all right. Davis's done all right this season in, in a back three. Um but um, listen, I want to be proven wrong. Of course, I want that top four. That's what we said when we first started talking tonight. But you've got to have the squad good enough to be able to rotate and have that good bulk of players on the bench to come on and, and, and have game changers. Unfortunately, you know, the squad is the, the squad is depleted and it showed Absolutely. on Sunday. Yep. Uh, Bridgie, we've nearly finished the interrogation. Just a couple more questions to... Uh, cover off. And before we do, uh, I can see there's been some comments on the screen here. Uh, Jed Spence and Diego Carlos, are, are either of those players on Spurs' radar at the moment? I think there was interest in Diego Carlos, but Seville are a really hard club to deal with. I mean, even though we bought Brian Hill, but uh, if you remember, Jules Kunde was close to joining Chelsea and then they upped the bid, sorry, the value uh, to an extra 10 million. So Chelsea didn't sign him. And that's exactly what's happened to Newcastle United with Diego Carlos. Seville, I think, have only scored, conceded about 16 goals this season. So they don't want to sell him at the moment, even though Carlos wants to leave. There's been talk of a swap deal with the Celso and Diego Carlos. Now, my understanding is that's not true. And remembering as well, um, the Celso went from Betis. Um, there was interest. I think he's on a long list of Spurs players they, they, they admire, but I don't think they'd ever get involved in a bidding war with Newcastle United at the moment. So I don't see any legs in that as it stands. Um, Spence, again, is one of a number of players Spurs are looking at. 
Finally, I'm really glad to say that Spurs are looking in the championship because it's been long overdue. Um, I've been a big critic of Spurs, been too obsessed with looking in Holland and France all the time um, and forgetting that Tottenham bought Carl Walker from Sheffield United. I think we are in League One or the championship at the time. Spence was incredible against Arsenal in the FA Cup, but Spurs have been looking at Spence for a lot longer than that. So um, the good news is for Middlesbrough is that they've put his value up for quite a little bit more after that performance. So, But yeah, he, 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 he's on the radar, but Spurs are... Spurs have a number of scouts at many championship matches at the moment um, because, as I, as I said earlier in the podcast, um, they have to be a bit careful with the homegrown quota um, because, obviously, in the European competitions, they always have to leave one senior player out. So they just have to be a little bit careful with that going forward. And I think we do no harm in looking at some real talent in the championship because, you know, Jared Bowen, Spurs were never really in for him, but... They, signed, they lost him and went for Jack Clark and just little mistakes like that. It's not easy, but there's some real talent in that division. Yeah. Uh, Bridget, final two questions for you to close it. The first one, there has been rumours about Harry Kane potentially committing his long-term future to the club. Anything from the sky in that has heard similar about Kane potentially negotiations over a new long-term deal? No, nothing is yet. What I would say, he's genuinely happy at the moment. Um you know, he really, really enjoys playing under Antonio Conte. He, he you know, he sees him clearly as a serious manager. Um, you know, I could go into a, hours talking about the summer situation. I, I feel I feel for him a little bit. Uh, I felt for him a little bit the other night. You know, I felt he was one decent player playing with a, a, a bit of rubbish at the moment, you know. But he's, he's completely switched on. And I think we saw that against Leicester. You know, he was, you know, we could have had four or five goals, but I don't have a problem with that, boys. You know, if he's, He's creating chances. You know, there's going to be one day where he'll bang in all four. He missed a really good chance at Leicester, but he played really well that night. The hunger's back. I think he's back and he's happy. So, uh, yeah, I, I, no word yet on a new contract, <clears throat> but he, he's all right at the moment. Okay, what about um, Keane Williams, Lewis Potter? Is that his name? The whole lad. Is that his name? I think, yeah, I have seen that come about, the whole whole City oh, youngster at the moment. Look, yeah. I, look, as I say, Spurs have got scouts at every single championship game. So, mm. you know, they they, they, look, they, watch, they watch Max Aarons for about 24 years <laughs> and, he's <still> at, <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he's still at Norwich. <laughs> so, as you said, though, Bridgie, there's, there's talent in the championship. If you remember, Greenish was there not so long ago. James yeah. Madison, Jared Bowen, yeah. Yeah. Ali Watkins, so Ben yeah. Rama. Yeah. Going no, further I mean, back than that, Joe, Joni and Lescott was at Wolves in the Championship before he's moved to Everton. You can, there's so many that can make the step up. But as you said, we seem to try and get the, the best youngsters from Holland or Spain and it doesn't seem to quite work out, does it? Hull v Aston Villa, Monday night in the Championship, Grealish waved goodbye to the Villa fans because he thought he was joining Tottenham. <laughs> I say no more. Right, OK, well, on that point, oh. um, we're going to go to Anne, Frankie and then Bridgie finally to close it. Um, Anne, bearing in mind where we are right now, there's a possibility that we may see your beautiful face before the deadline on here. Potentially, I haven't told you about it yet. I can see your surprise there. What's what going on? What are we doing? <laughs> um, what for you, Anne, would be an acceptable window, bearing in mind where we're at right now? What's acceptable in your opinion? So... A midfielder, creative midfielder in, in an ideal world, uh, a striker and a right wing back. 
are they, are they minimum requirements for you? Is that what you think? For me, exactly? that's the minimum to to be able to push on. And as Bridgie said, January, as we know, is a uh, is a tough tough window to, to 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 get your business or businesses done. It's the summer. I will reserve judgment till February the first, but then uh, summer. If we if he doesn't get backed, then poor man. Mm. Frankie, let's ask you a similar question there. Um, Frankie, what, in your opinion, is the minimum requirement and what do you think Spurs will end up with? There you go, a two-part for you. What do you reckon? The minimum requirement is always, and quite simply, do what Conte tells you to do or what Conte asks for. Um, out of the five that we think he wants gone, two of them go in, I'd be happy with, um, and two in. Uh, a right wing-back and a central midfielder for me because I think we've got enough firepower with Son and Kane um, if we were to keep Bergwin as well, Lucas can play that forward role. Um, so I think a right wing back and a centre mid is, is essential. However, and uh, last word on Spurs, his very own Richard Cracknell. It, Crack has actually tweeted a couple of days back, if, and it's a big if, if and it's hypothetical, um, if we do get rid of, say, for instance, Endombele, uh, Delhi, uh, Doherty and Gio Celso, if we got rid of four, and we didn't get another central midfielder in. I know it leaves us light, but if that was going to free up wages, if if these if they were loans with obligations or however the deals were structured, if it would free up money for the summer, and we actually had a proper go in the summer, I hope your your source Demarcio is right, Bridgie, because um, if we'd done that, I could accept getting rid of more than than seeing uh, getting rid of more players and and not having as many come in, if that makes sense. So. As long as as long as we can see a pattern, and as long as we can we can back content and give him what he wants, yep. we'll start to make him roads um, mm. for him for, for what he wants, and I'll be happy. Okay, Bridgie, to close it with you, um, in your honest, humble opinion, maybe again as a fan and as a broadcaster as well, how many players do you believe Spurs will sign as incomings before the end of this January window? What, what's your gut feeling? Head two. Part three. I think if Tottenham start February with a stronger squad than they had last week, then that's fine. Um, I just show Daniel, Donna, whoever the league table right now. It's absolutely well, open. Is... After yeah. the after the Leicester result, Chelsea was. I hate saying the words free hit, but it wasn't so essential. It was more you know like their obsession, their bragging rights, but. Looking forward now, like you know, Arsenal like celebrating the postponement. I, I've said to fans, Arsenal fans, you do realize Spurs are about Dyer, Romero, Son, blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah, fine, we'll play, we'll play you in March and we'll have blah blah blah. I'd write, I'd like yeah. to say Diaz and you know, people like that. If I'll cut long story short, if Tottenham are stronger in a couple of weeks, I'll be happy. Get a couple in, but fourth is there, Ralph, mm. like United aren't completely. You know, they, they scraped a, a win against West Ham. They beat Brentford. They're not completely happy. Yep. Spurs are out of Europe. They've only got the FA Cup to concentrate on as well with the league. They're playing pr- practically once a week, apart from the postponement. So the majority of the time they play once a week. That's when I can see the development with the Spurs players, when they have that week with Antonio Conte. What I've been told with a couple of players who I've spoke to and a couple of people at the club, they absolutely love training under Conte. Yeah, they work hard. But they feel so good, so good, and I just don't want Spurs to pass up this no. opportunity. I know, I know, fans loved Poch, 
and I did too. Yep. But this guy is right up there. Mm. Like the Sorry, very, he's another level. He's another level. Very, very top. Let's not regret it. Let's no, back no, him. And I'm sick of saying this player's going to be good in three or four years. I want now. And so does Antonio. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Mike, to close it, again, talks on going for Diaz's thing stand. We're just keeping our fingers crossed right on that, just to summarise. Look, <laughs> as a fan, I'm the usual pessimist I am because I've been my fingers have been burnt before, but I've been told, no, they're really, really pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. Amrabat, I reckon, will get done. Triori is the one where I, I, I was told was done. And it's not happening. I don't know what's happened there. Whether it's to do with Diaz, I don't know. Or whether it's he's done, we'll do it later. But I don't know about that. I'm working on that. And as I said, if they get Triori in, it will only be for a few months as a right wing back because I know they like other right wing backs. Lamperty is a fantastic right wing back. The only concern is Brighton won around 50 million and he has injury problems. So there's a number of issues with Lamperty as well. They're going to totally do their midfield in the summer. Let's just hope it's with Conte. Absolutely. Well, listen, uh, for our watching audience, uh, there's 1,500 of you watching us live. Thank you so much for your incredible support. Um, from the one, wonderful Anthony Costa, Ant, let me have you back on. We're hoping we'll have you back on soon with some Cheers, boys. to parade and talk about. Fantastic. Frankie Major, Frankie, always a pleasure. Looking forward to having you back on with us very, very soon. Thanks for having me, Rick. And I think I'm back on early February. So hopefully we've got yes. some. Uh... Some new signings to talk about. Hopefully you're parading them out. And there's Anthony. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see Anthony holding the come on you Spurs. Some some memorabilia there. My God, do we need it. Bridgie, <laughs> after, after a difficult start, we thought the club had got your Wi-Fi, but you made it. Thank you so much, mate, again, for all your time. Really appreciate it as always. Always a pleasure, mate. Great to see you doing so well. Fantastic. Oh, mate, and remind us, where can we catch you, Bridgie? Let us know where we can find you. I'm back if on we... air on Friday, 9am. Good morning, Transfer Sky Sports News. And uh, hopefully we can talk about Spurs. Fingers crossed. Listen, from all of us, from Anthony, from Frankie, from Mike, please keep safe, keep well. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.